This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Guys, I saw the Marvels this week. It hit oh. Disney Plus, and okay. I watched the Marvels. How was it? You know what? It it, it really uh per, it, it it performed and watched much as I uh, expected it would. You know, I felt <laughs> like well, no, I, that, that's not uh, that's that, that's not me uh, bashing on it. I felt like a lot of people were complaining about the movie uh, strictly for the fact that it was cool to harsh on uh, on Marvel these days, and I think there's a lot of that related to this film. Um, I was I thought it was a middle of the road Marvel movie. I didn't think okay. it was nearly as good as the first Captain Marvel. It's not nearly as bad as Eternals. Um, I would put it, you know, mid to low mid in the Marvel in the Marvel catalog. Um, there are some things that annoy me about the movie. Um, it is far too cute. Um, there is a lot of of uh, hugging that occurs in the movie, and I, I get a little annoyed by that. Um, there are some great geek out moments with Kamala Khan and Captain Marvel because that's really earned. That was yeah, all set up. That was yeah, all when you set said up. there's too much hugging, though, my first thought is, is it emotional hugging or is it her hugging because these are her heroes and she's a geek? All of the above. Ah, OK. And but, you know, there, there are some really nice moments. But I think fundamentally what I disliked about the film and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. It was an entertaining watch. I watched it all the way through. I didn't pause it to go do something else and come back to it later. I I uh, I actually enjoyed the film. But the this movie did what a lot of representational films do, in my opinion, which is in order for one person to be strong, another person has to be weak. Uh, and that's what bugged me about this movie because all the women in the film are powerful and all the men take the back seat. And I mean, like Nick Fury is made inept uh, in the film. And that just bugs the hell out of me when, with the exception of Secret Invasion, he is fully capable in every single Marvel movie he's been in. And it's just one of those things that you, you can have women be front and center. And, you know, be the, the the primary characters and the protagonist and the action makers in the film without making other, you know, people without making men weak. And that just that kind of set me on edge a little bit. It's not awful. I just didn't like it. Um, but I, I enjoyed the movie overall. I, uh, I thought it was uh, fun. Uh, I thought it was mostly well produced on the visuals. I, you know, one of the things that I, I, I felt like. Early on in the film, uh, it was just so cloyingly uh, uh, looked like they were on a set. Right. You know, it didn't it, there just wasn't enough atmosphere uh, in the images. It just looked like an episode of Star Trek, to be perfectly honest, uh, a 90s era Berman area era Star Trek. It looked like they were, you know, there in, you know, uh, the, the hell caves. Right. I mean, it was just like this is not convincing. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, I, I know it sounds like I'm complaining a whole lot, but there's a whole lot of character in it. Um, I really enjoyed uh, – I expected to enjoy Brie Larson more in the film, but I really feel like uh, Kamala Khan and uh, Monica Rambeau kind of took the lead. I felt like they were the more interesting characters. Um, 
I, I dug it. I dug it. It was entertaining. I just there were just a c- couple of things that annoyed me about it. I feel like I've been far more critical than I meant to be. <laughs> See, yeah, actually, it gives me hope for watching it because I haven't seen it yet, yeah. and I didn't. Cho- I didn't choose to not see it in theaters. It just hit theaters around the time I had a yeah. lot going on and I couldn't. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the actress that played Kamala Khan. I think she yeah. nails that character in well, uh, in Ms. If, Marvel. If I you, just had issues with some of the story in the that they dealt with. I think they basically in their TV show version of Miss Marvel, they kind of side missioned her for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed listening to her scream in uh, her own TV show, you're going to love listening to her scream in, in uh, the Marvels because she does a whole lot of screaming. Um, but, it, you know, I like her. I like her family. Uh, I really enjoyed what they did with Goose uh, in, in in this movie. Um, I I thought the, the 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 way they used his character uh, worked out really well. I thought that was very clever. Um, I did not much care for the bad guy, even though the bad guy makes sense. I understood the bad guy, and I think Marvel is typically pretty good at that. That you know the the bad guys have a point of view; they're not just bad. Um, so I dug that as well. And I got to tell you. Even if you don't enjoy the film, the after credit scene is off the hook. I uh, I completely dug the after credit scene. I, uh, you know, much like Wayne, <clears throat> I didn't get a chance. Well, or any of us, really, none of us saw it in theaters. And I, I wasn't intentionally avoiding it. I just wasn't I just didn't put forth a, an effort to make sure I got out to see it when yeah. there was so much going on. Um, but now that it's on Disney Plus, I, I do plan to watch it. You know, I don't have. Yeah, I'm going to go in with a very open mind. I'm not going in to to dislike it. I'm going in to hopefully like it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. We are um, we're on a little bit of a, you know, because we're because of the writer strike and because there's not a lot of new shows. And thankfully, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. We watch a lot of like baking championship stuff. (laughs) Um, And in the fourth quarter of the year between Halloween baking championships and Christmas baking championships, there, there is no time for scripted television in this household. Um, so we're in this nice period of time where we can actually get caught up on stuff. Um, so, so, Paul, is this partially your choice or is this just you watch? Oh, it's it? both. Admittedly, it's both. I'm not complaining. Like, I love Halloween. I love like those. I, I love seeing people bake like Halloween, like giant Halloween cakes and stuff like that. I do like that stuff. I don't yeah. watch like British baking or any of that stuff, but I yeah, like not- the seasonal ones. I'm with you. I enjoy the uh, like the gingerbread houses, the pumpkin yeah, carving. that kind of stuff. I don't care about the actual process. I just like the finished things when they finish them. Though yeah. my wife watches one that is fascinating to me called uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's like a crime scene one where they go into a kitchen where something has been baked and they have to figure <laughs> out based on the clues what got baked and then bake it. That's hilarious. And then they get uh, points based on whether they actually deduce the clues correctly or not. That's funny. No, I haven't seen that one. But yeah, I mean, that is definitely that's what rules the television in the last uh, last few months of the year. But because we, we you know, we're in that lull um, of time, we we we've done a couple of things lately. One, um, there's a new Kung Fu Panda movie coming out. <laughs> so we've rewatched all the Kung Fu Pandas. Um, there is a new How to Train Your Dragons movie coming out. So we've just restarted How to Train the Drag, How to Train Your Dragon. And the reason I bring those up is because they're pretty freaking fantastic. 
um, especially for genre fans like us, they do a really good job at um, paying homage to to the live action cinema of like, you know, Kung Fu movies or fantasy movies. And I just I really I was like I was surprised at how much I enjoyed them. I've never um, seen either one. I think for you. Well, one, I, the one thing I'll say about Kung Fu Panda is it is the only movie I've seen where I don't have Jack Black issues. Because <laughs> yeah. I really don't like Jack Black. But I, if he's not on the screen, yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, you know, I I, I recently watched uh, Tropic Thunder for the first time. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely have Jack Black issues, but in that, but he's great. I mean, honestly, Kung Fu Panda is just—it's just a joy to watch. Um, See, and I both, haven't seen the, any of those, Paul. But the How to Train Your Dragons—I've seen the first two, and that first one actually shocked me, doing things that I did not think a Disney movie would do. Yeah, and they're uh, Aaron. I think you would. Well, at least the first one. I think the—I haven't seen the other two, but they're coming up. Um, but I thought they were, they're, they're, they're brilliant. I was like, wow, wow. Like this is really good stuff. Um, you know, more so than I think some of the, you know, cause the Pixar movies or any of that stuff. Um, yeah, just, I don't know that we, that's been on our rewatch and we also saw, well, I shouldn't call them rewatches for the most part. We haven't seen <laughs> most of those movies. Um, we watched that TV show, the Emmy award, people's choice award, all award winning show beef on Netflix, which has Steven Yoon from The Walking Dead. Um, have you seen this show, Aaron? I have not. It it is really, really fantastic. Um it's so it's basically about these two people um who get into a, a road rage incident. Um and it, it just kind of starts connecting their lives. Um and it just they they end up finding out who each other are and it's just this escalating situation of people doing bad things to each other um you know one-upping each other on the revenge meter um and it's i can see why it's so award-winning um it is it is really really well done um not not obviously kind of the genre entertainment that we talked about on the show it's definitely much more of a drama slash dark comedy but you know i i liked it i liked it so that's that's what's been in our uh, streaming queue lately. Well, Other, gonna, since there's no baking. <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot more time to watch that kind of stuff because there's not a whole lot coming out. You know, we're in that that period that uh, is deeply impacted by the writer's strike in you know delayed shows. Like for instance, we uh, just saw this week that you know Andor season two just finished shooting. Yeah. Um, but I'm hopeful you know, that they were editing those episodes for these last few months. Uh-huh. Um, I would hope so because they uh-huh. said they, they really had everything up until the last few weeks right. done, like filmed for that show. Well, you know, uh, and if, if it wasn't bad enough that there's not a lot of right, that there's not a lot of writing to have worked on uh, Marvel slashed their slate. And there's only one Marvel movie coming out this year. And that's the, the Deadpool three. Yeah, so which is yeah. Uh, Deadpool 3. And I'll say, you know, I, I, I'm just kind of bouncing around the outline a little bit. Um, apparently, the first trailer for Deadpool 3 releases as of this recording um, this Sunday. If they're going to show, you know, oh, commercial like during Super Bowl, Super Bowl huh? and then, you know, the full trailer online. Uh, I can't exciting. wait. I can't wait for it. There are so there's not a lot coming out this year, but the things that are coming out, I mean, we're getting a Godzilla versus Kong. We're getting a planet of the apes. We're getting Deadpool three. There's some really good 
things that I'm looking forward to this oh, yeah. year. Yeah, there, oh, yeah. there's just, a couple so, of know, gems out there. Just no uh, Marvel, no Star Wars, you know, and no um, no DC. Yeah, right. It's yeah. it is it is a very comic book um, light year. But honestly, for what it's worth, taking a step back and and maybe rethinking. And I shouldn't say you know that uh, Madam Web um, comes out as well, but you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think taking a step back from the comic book movies may be a, a nice thing to do. And and like you said, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out. There's Dune Part Two. There's there's the new Kung Fu Panda. There's a new Ghostbusters. Um, there, there's a there's quite a bit of things. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been uh, rewatching uh, Marvel movies and, you know, I just uh, I just finished uh, Infinity War and now I'm into Endgame. And I was thinking about the blip, you know, and and how, you know, bringing everybody back five years later um, could could be really problematic. And, and you know, Marvel has you know told some of that in their storytelling, um, but they haven't dived into it. I feel like there could be a blip series and it's like relationships complicated by the blip, mm-hmm. like, you know, the guy who uh, returns home and finds his wife has you know, remarried, pregnant with, uh, you know, the other guy's kid, you know, because, you know, they've moved on. Uh, I could see for us, Paul, that, you know, you would have disappeared in the blip and it would be, you know, I get disappeared. (laughs) It would be, you know, funny books with Aaron and Lawrence, you know, and, you know, here comes Paul going, what the fuck? You know, Lawrence, hey, man, (laughs) you know, I'm sorry, you know. Lawrence is, is, is the new Polly. He's, he's, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of downloads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lawrence really knows how to sell a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Paul, you've been gone for five years. You're not up on the trends. That's right. That's true. That's right. God, there's so much, com- yeah. so many comics to get caught up That's on. Right. And I guarantee I'll be gone for five years. I'll come back. I won't have missed anything. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll still it be telling like- the, They'll still be telling the story of the three Jokers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It feels and like Ghost so Machine much... still won't have produced regular comic books. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like so much of the Marvel movies have just ignored the blip. You know, you get things like uh, Spider-Man. I think did a good job uh-huh. dealing with some of it, but for the most part, it just gets ignored. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that would would have been such a huge thing. Only the TV shows, I think, did a better job of yes digging into it. Yeah, you know, I, since I, we're talking about this, oh, go ahead. Aaron. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I I, I really think you could do, you know, uh, a, a limited series on the blip, and I think that would be super interesting. You know. Yeah, I mean, to, do it to, a series of shorts, even, you know, fifteen yeah. to thirty minute episodes or something like that, just stories from the blip or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, you know, since we're talking about Marvel, um, you know, it I don't want to say it leaked, but it hasn't been officially been announced by Marvel. It was just kind of in a SAG AFRA. After yeah. release, after after release, that Pedro Pascal um, would be playing Mr. Fantastic in the upcoming Fantastic Four uh, movie. And I got to say, I love Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love him in The Mandalorian. I love him in Last of Us. Um, is it Narcos that, you know, that I, I would love to. I haven't seen it, but I hear he's very good in it. I loved um, him less in Wonder Woman 84. I loved him very little in Wonder Woman 84. I loved him not not at all in Wonder Woman 84. I he am, was so good in the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nick yeah, Cage. Yeah, that too. I I think it's horrible, horrible casting though. No, I agree. I'm a I like the guy. I love his as an actor, but he just is not Reed Richards to me. 
The age is right. I love where they're going on the age. I wanted a mature Reed Richards. Um, He just doesn't strike me as uh, being able to pull that off. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be surprised. But uh, I I don't think that I've seen him in a situation where he has had to play a genius. Right. Now, he's an actor. Yeah. So and act. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, for, for what it's worth in, I think one of the things that, that I find so endearing about his care is him as a person and as an actor is that he's genuine. He's con- he seems kind. Um, and, you know, even when he's this badass Mandalorian type, you know, character or Last of Us type character. And no point do I think, damn, this guy's fucking brilliant. That's right. <laughs> and, that's right. And, and that's what they're trying to sell him as. For I would, I would imagine that's what that's the whole point of Mr. Yeah. Fantastic, right? And, you know, maybe it's just because he's never had that kind of character before. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, he might surprise us. But I also think he's got some some physicality issues. Uh, he has become a rather bulky man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying he's fat. He's just, you know, he's he is a solid guy. And I think you've got to be lean um, to play Reed Richards. It just visually, I think you've got because you're so stretchy and whatnot, you, you have to have almost sort of an elongated look about you, you know, a very slender look. And and so I wonder if, if he'll be able to do that or if that's even something they're considering. I um, really want this movie to be good. Same. There are so many friends I have that just they just don't think Fantastic Four can be done as a movie. After the previous ones. And Marvel needs it to be good. You know, they need they've they've got to create a new tentpole uh, because the Avengers aren't going to come back. You know, uh, the everything that they're going to do is always going to feel less than in relation to the Avengers. Uh, So they have to have a new thing. And I think Fantastic Four is the best option they have short of the X-Men. Yeah. So I don't disagree. I just it feels like stunt casting to me versus genuinely well, casting the right person for the role. And I don't I don't mean cast John Krasinski, even though I I do think he I think he's a better Reed Richards. I think he's a better Reed Richards, yeah. but I just I, I'm not seeing and again open mind. Um, I love Pedro. I'm I'm hopeful for a good job. The the rest of the cast that's that's rumored um, sounds pretty solid. So I guess we'll just see. Well, I just hate that you know. We've got this small stable of actors who play everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. How how many of the franchises do you have to be in? You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm I miss having unknowns in roles uh-huh. where you can uh, just forget the actor and really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm enjoying the Superman legacy casting news we get. These aren't unknowns, but they're people I don't know. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. not huge. They're not huge. And Pedro Pascal He's kind of a big deal now. He's kind of one of the one of the biggest deals right yeah. now, right? Yeah. I mean, he's in everything. So I, again, yeah. I mean, like 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 him, like him as an actor. Yeah, yeah. Just same. I guess I'm 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 gonna go in with an open mind. I just I could probably think of ten better actors, not not actors, but better choices for yeah. Reed Richards off the top of my head. Yep, same. But hey, maybe they'll do something different with the character That's in the movie. Right. I, That'll you know, piss everybody I, off. I just <laughs> hope that uh, Marvel knows what the hell they're doing. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I'd actually almost buy Pedro Moore as Doctor Doom. We're used Same. to seeing him in a helmet. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. um. Though so I need Mads Mikkelsen as Doctor Doom. Yeah. I, 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 I don't disagree with that one. Yeah. So I did a thing this week, guys. Oh, God. Here we go. Well, all did early, a thing. So, you well, know. I'm surprised I didn't get a call to post bail. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, close. 
Um, you know, I uh, earlier this week I had reached out. We have our own little chat, our own little funny books chat offline where we talk about where we play in our podcast and talk about what comics we read for the week, blah, blah, blah. Well, on social media, I saw that Thundercats from Dynamite Entertainment released this week. Mm-hmm. Now, we have talked quite at length on the podcast on our love for the new Transformers and G.I. Joe's books. I certainly loved Thundercats growing up. I even loved the reboot they did, I think, in the early 2000s. Um, that was was also fantastic. I, 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 I like the property quite a bit. Um, and so they announced that Declan Shelby would be taking would be doing um, writing for a new Thundercats book uh, from Dynamite. And I was like, oh, that sounds exciting. Declan Shalvey is doing the Lord's work on those alien <laughs> books from, from Marvel Comics. And, you know, he's, he's doing a great job there. I'm like, that's great. So, you know, I had already purchased my comics. I saw that Thundercats came out. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. Let me go. Uh, let me go. Uh, let me go purchase that. Nowhere on Comixology, you know, or Amazon was this comic available. Oh, really? Um, yeah, not available not, digitally. It is wow. not available digitally. And I commented on Dynamite Entertainment's, you know, social media. I'm like, hey, is is this available? Is this coming available digitally? And they they have not responded. But um, I was like, well, that seems maybe it's a rights thing. I don't know. Um, if it, it felt a little odd to me, but I really, really wanted to read this comic book. <laughs> um, so. Oh no, you you went to a brick and mortar. I went to a brick and mortar. Um, wow. Now, there are only two brick and mortars wow. in this area that, you know, there are only two major brick and mortars in this area. There are, there are I think, a few, but there are two major ones um, in this area. And one of them is the comic shop that, like, screwed me over years back. My, it was my regular <laughs> comic shop, and the guy threatened to charge my comic, my credit card. Um, so that just to force me to come pick up my my, uh, my comics that, you know, my pull list. And um, and the other one is the comic book shop that longtime listeners may remember. I walked in. The guy behind the register was sleeping. I woke him up. He got up and started eating raw hot dogs out of a package <laughs> behind the counter. Um, that was the other comic shop. Hot dog juice and all. Yeah. Glizzies, as the kids know them nowadays. Um, <laughs> so that comic book shop, which I will not you know, embarrass uh, by naming it. You know, is very much like walking into someone's attic. It is. It, it looks and smells like you walked into someone's attic. There is shit everywhere, everywhere, and it has gotten worse since the last time I went to that comic book shop, which was probably pre-COVID, um, in that you can barely move around. There is just shit everywhere, and I'm not saying it's like garbage. Like they just have too much product in their store and it is just all 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 over the place with you know in at least initial perception no real organization um but i found the transformers comic book so i i went in and i will say you know i was looking at the, the new comic releases i'm like oh yeah i forgot that you know distillery comics does not release their comics digitally so i picked up a, a one of those distillery comics um you know uh, prestige format editions i picked up uh, a copy of previews because we don't really, you know, without without I just kind of buy my comics from week to week nowadays in this digital world. Mm-hmm. And I don't really read solicitations as much as I used to. Um, so I, p- I picked up a copy of previews to see what was coming out in a few months. And, and I picked up this Thundercats. And I got to tell you guys, this fucking book was terrible. <laughs> after all that <laughs> after all that, I was I, I looked at the art and I'm like, wow, wow, like they actually released this comic book with this 
level of amateur art, you know, in this major, you know, licensing deal. I mean, it, the art is genuinely like, you know, I don't want to name any specific companies, but it, it is very much like uh, like someone like a comic you would pick up from like a local guy who drew comics or something like that. An underground comic or something. Yeah, like an underground comic. It, a it company is, incapable of doing digital comics. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and the writing wasn't good either. I was just like, wow. This, and book this was is, a dynamite book. This was a dynamite book. And wow. and, and it, it has like 50 covers, um, you know, because they're making such a huge deal of the release, but they spent all their time on the covers and the advertising and literally no time on really finding a good interior artist because wow. it is genuinely, um, you know, I'm looking at the comic books that we read on a regular basis. Um, you know, here on, on funny books and some of the stuff, even some of the, the random stuff that I've picked up over the, the, you know, the last few months, it is probably the worst comic book art of any comic I've seen in months. Wow. That, that's know, how bad that, it is. See, that is the type of story I like to hear. Paul comes <laughs> in, goes through all of this misery and the payoff is he's disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it writes itself, doesn't it? I am reminded of the days back before the internet. Uh, where me and my buddy Phil would, you know, venture out into the world to go to far off, you know, comic book shops and whatnot to see what we could find. And one day we went out, we were all the way out in East Texas, and this comic shop was located in a house that had been zoned commercial, but it was, you know, formerly a residence. And every room in the house was a different, you know, uh, you had, you know, new issue comics in one room. You had back issue comics in another room. This other room over here had role playing stuff. Another room had board games. I mean, it was just that's how it was all done up. And like you were saying, Paul, it was just kind of packed to the gills with stuff. Yeah. It was like, you know, somebody took their 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 home hoarder collection and turned it into a comic shop. And I remember going through and just finding things that I'm like, I am convinced this guy didn't know what he has. You know, uh, I remember finding, you know, the first appearance of Beta Ray Bill and I bought it for a buck. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, it was I mean, it was crazy. All the stuff that he had. And he had these you know, great, terrific um, vintage, even that at the time, vintage uh, role playing game stuff. And again, I don't think he knew what he had. You know, it's yeah. crazy. But, you know, those days over my friends um you know you, yeah you know, i stand by back in those days most comic book stores were run by fans that had no idea how to run a business mm -hmm. those just didn't survive covid yeah 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 well except for you know raw hot dog guy <sighs> that guy <laughs> it was a different guy this time i'll at least give it that but yeah it was um i was like oh i was uh, you know i walked in again i've walked in and i'm like it even smells like an attic. It just smells yeah. old. And, <laughs> um, and I was just, you know, and then and then for the book to suck yeah. <laughs> after all after all that. And hey, you know, here on Funny Books, we wouldn't have a Funny Books podcast if it wasn't for our local comic shop. Support your local comic shop, especially if you don't read comics digitally like stupid Andrew. Um, <laughs> but damn, like, I, I, you know, it's it's been years since we talked about this, but comic shops like. If I was, I don't know, if I was a, you know, a, a parent bringing their child to show them the joy of, of comic books, you know, that I read growing up, you know, uh, th th that, that certainly would not be it. Like, hey, kid, 
let me bring you to this scary dungeon <laughs> attic place. You're going to love it. I, yeah. I saw comics out of the back of my windowless van. <laughs> yeah. See, I am. I'm lucky if I did physical comics still because St. Louis has so many really good comic shops. There are some that are the like you're describing, Paul, but there are so many really good ones. And I kind of miss the days of every time I would travel. I first thing I would do is I'd look up and see what comic shops were in the city. And I remember finding like when I went to Chicago once, I found a store that had a whole section of locally made comics where it was people basically running little booklets and yeah. some of those were really interesting and different but i don't really see that anymore i uh so sorry, you know I, I don't go to you know I, I used to be much the same right that i would go to comic shops um when i was out of town nowadays i don't really do that because unless the, it's like new york city uh, where it's truly like this giant giant comic shop midtown comics like midtown comics or something like that um I, I don't generally do it because then I'll feel obligated to buy something. That's my thing is I, I don't want to go unless I'm going to buy like a T-shirt or perhaps a, 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 a trade paperback or something. Yeah. You know? But the, some of the smaller shops, like, you know, if I go to, you know, not necessarily like a giant major metropolitan area and it's a small comic shop and it's just me and the shop owner <laughs> and the shopkeeper, yeah. then I'm like, who looks like he hasn't been either looks like he's uh, had too much ramen that week. <laughs> and, and I don't mean good ramen. I mean, like yeah. the 25 cent ramen or he mm. hasn't even had enough money to buy the ramen that week. Oh, he's eating those glizzies. Yeah. God. <laughs> the MSGs made him a little edgy. <laughs> <laughs> so, oof. but anyway, that was that was my comic shop experience. I'm sorry that it turned out the way it did because, I, you know, I, I but I, oof. Hopefully the other book that I bought is good because I bought so, that distillery comic and I'm going to read that one next. Well, but I'm re- I'm real curious, Paul, while yes. you were there in the actual brick and mortar mortar. Uh, did you see a, a, a real life Batman issue 142 in the wild? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I did. Um, but I had already purchased it digitally and read it because that comes out on Tuesdays. Um, so I, I had already read Batman 142, which is the start of the Joker year one, uh, which I believe is a weekly, um, yes. you know, series taking place in the, in the pages of Batman with art, by, with writing by Chip Zdarsky, who's been doing Batman for about a year now, um, art by Giuseppe Canuncoli and, um, I think Andrea Sorrent- Sorrentino, um, are kind of split in art duties on this book. And Aaron, I'm, I'm. I'm very curious what you thought of this book. So uh, I'll just sum it up and say that all the best parts of uh, this book were in the previews that uh, they published last week. Um, I, I was very disappointed that all the good stuff that I enjoyed about this book were I had already read for free in the pages of of books that I had uh, previously purchased. Um, I hated this book, um, you know, and, I, and I, I really wish that I'd gotten to enjoy it fresh without the abundant preview pages, because I think I would have had more enjoyment from the book, because mm-hmm. I think th- those pages that they previewed were great. But the stuff that they didn't preview was actual garbage. Um, I, I, I hate there is a way we tell stories these days that is so disconnected from any type of linear 
storytelling and part of the mystery is what the fuck story are they telling yeah and i'm not interested in that Uh, that is i i got tired of of that kind of thing when i watched lost Uh, i'm just you know people have have exercised that tool too often i'm not interested in that type of storytelling anymore um you know it's not until you get to the end of the book that you realize that this that joker is going to get trained to be crazy and to be a chaos maker in much the same way that we saw Bruce get trained in you know, in previous uh, uh, you know iterations of the book, and mm-hmm. most recently in what was that book? It wasn't. It was uh, the night. Dark. The night. That's right. That's right. And so, it's, which it's is where this character comes from? That I right. Think, you know, also and, written by Chip Zdarsky. And and so you know it's we're going to see Joker kind of mirror his learning much like Batman's learning. Yeah, that was where the book lost me. Yeah, I and I'm just like I'm sorry, huge Joker guy, and I was enjoying the story up until that point, except I was struggling with him being so like terrified and not but i knew it was a process of him growing into it and mm-hmm. i wanted to see him grow into it i don't want them to tie him in with batman's origins as well you right. don't need all these characters tied together like that and the whole idea of somebody coming in and training joker that yeah. goes against everything i like about joker joker doesn't need to be trained because he's batshit crazy you know, yeah. and it's it. You know, it's not that he is high art like Batman. It's that you know, hey, I'm in this room full of gasoline. What happens if I light a match? I mean, that's Joker. You know, he's just going to do the crazy thing, and you know, he he's not tethered to anything. You can't hurt Joker because you know he's just so chaotic. Um, I, I I just I fundamentally dislike this book. I will not be picking up the additional issues. I'm out. I um. I also hated this issue. I, I, I will say I the the one thing about it that I did care for was the future storyline with like this I am led mostly the last page uh-huh. <laughs> with like this I am legend view of Gotham where everyone's been turned into these you know kind jokers. of yeah vamp, vampire looking jokers uh-huh. that I liked. I'm like ooh that's the story I want to read. I have zero interest in the Joker zero one or year one. Um, uh, I have see, zero. I didn't in- even. I didn't even realize that's supposed to be a future story. I thought that was going to be like one of his first appearances where he's got like poisoning the fish and people are getting infected with Joker stuff. I got the, They didn't obviously they didn't clarify the timeline. I just kind of got the impression it was some future point in time. Um, now, I I am very tired and I and I feel weird saying this because normally I don't give a shit. But I but I, I have gotten very tired of DC going back to the Alan Moore well. Uh huh. Um, especially with the Killing Joke, the only exception I've really had to the Killing Joke being used in a semi-useful format is in the Three Jokers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because it it referenced without being a, without contradicting or you know making you know or or being a direct sequel. Um, Every time this. they go back to it, they water down that story. Exactly, and this one just. You know, it's like this picks up the, the the flashback sequences pick up immediately after the events of of the Killing Joke and show of of the the prequel the you know the flashback sequences of the Killing Joke and show to your point the Joker you know getting creating more Jokers and getting trained and stuff like that. And I'm like 
I don't need that story. I do not need that story. Um, and so it is, and to, and, you know, Wayne, like you said, I don't need Joker's origin tied to Batman. I don't want to see him trained by, you know, someone who trained Batman. I don't need, I don't like any of that stuff, any of those twists and turns. So it was, it's very disappointing to me that one, they keep going back to that well and diluting how great that story was with these stories that just really don't do it justice. Yeah. So, well, and even the other things that would have normally been interesting, like Gordon dealing with pressure from above and all of that. The problem is we've seen that story. That's right. We've seen that yeah. story so many times and seen it examined so well that if you don't have anything new to add to it, don't include it in your story. And there's nothing new to add to it here. Well, I predict that the story will eventually establish that Joker and Batman are secret brothers and then further establish that they're not secret brothers after all that they've known all along. Yeah, it'll yeah, it'll do something <laughs> right. It'll just continue it, it, the way this I I clearly feel like this story will find some more connective thread between the two. That's just going to annoy me yeah. and that the next writer will just downplay anyway. So, well, I tell you what, <laughs> had it. I might have stayed on for one more issue if it, they hadn't revealed that it was a weekly book and I need a weekly book like I need a hole in the head. So I'm just I'm, I'm like hard out. No, yeah. thank you. I'm, I'm on the fence just because I've yeah. been reading Batman and mm-hmm. I like the modern day storyline going mm-hmm. on in Batman um, mm-hmm. with which is shocking because, again, going back to the Alan Morewell, um, you know, not Alan Moore. That that, that that the modern day stuff actually goes to the Grant Morrison well, which is the Zer and R, which is a mm-hmm. character I normally don't like, but I like what they are doing with him in the current arc. Um, you know, which is you know Zer and R is this personality that Batman's created as a you know as one of a his fail original safe. fail safes. Yeah. Um, and it, it that personality found a way to separate itself from Batman's personality and download itself into the giant into the fail safe robot. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I was like, oh, that 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 is an original take on it, and makes her an art actually a formidable villain versus just purple stupid Batman. I like that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, so that that would be the only thing that would keep me into the storyline is how it sets up what apparently is going on in in the current storyline. Yeah. See, and I wasn't reading Batman. I got pulled in because of the cover and the whole Joker Year One. So I have no problem saying I'm out on it. Yeah. There you go. Hard out. Well, guys, we had a first issue this week uh, in our in the in the ultimate universe of books uh, that John Hickman is uh, is helming. Uh, We had this week ultimate Black Panther. And I'm really interested to know what you guys thought. I I guess I'll go first. I was meh (laughs) on it until the end. Mm -hmm. I love that they have found this connective thread between Black Panther and the Moon Knight. I like that aspect of it. Outside of that, I felt like, um, which I guess is the point, but you know, whereas the Ultimate Universe inspired the the prior Marvel movies, yeah. this this book feels like it's the the Black Panther movie inspiring the comic. Yes. Um, so it it felt like I was reading, you know, a story's kind of set in in the world of the of that um, of the MCU of yeah. the MCU, which I mean, yeah. it's not a bad book and it's well drawn. Stefano Caselli does a great job um, drawing it. Yeah. Um, I don't admittedly. Sounds horrible. I don't remember who who wrote it. I think uh, I'm looking at it right now. Um, which is hey, it's comics or a visual media. Brian, Brian Hill. Brian Hill. Yeah. Um, but it it I don't know. It, it 
it was fine. It didn't knock my socks off like Ultimate Spider-Man. It didn't feel different enough like Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. did. For being a Black Panther book, we only see him in the costume on the last page to the point where I didn't know if he had ever taken on the role or not. And literally this is the a- only thing different is that from from normal Black Panther is that he's married to Okoye in this mm-hmm. book versus, yeah. you know, um, you know, she, her just being the head of the uh, Dora Milaje like in the movies. You know? Yeah, I will say uh, Killmonger was awesome. I like what they've done with him. But that was really the only thing that stood out to me in the book. It, Like you're saying, it didn't feel like it was a different world so much as just a slightly altered origin for Black Panther without actually seeing Black Panther or realizing he's taken on the role until like the last page or two. Right. I uh, I'm I'm with you, Paul. I I did not like that we were so closely emulating uh, Wakanda as envisioned in the MCU. Um, there are some other things that, that bugged me about the book. Like I, I am someone who deeply loves Okoye in the movies mm-hmm. and I, it really hated seeing her dissatisfied in this book. I mean, I just, I, and, I, and I know that's a story beat and that tells me how much I like a character, but you know, the fact that she seems, you know, underutilized as, you know, queen to T'Challa, uh, just makes me chafe because she's so incredibly competent despite, you know, how she was depicted in Wakanda forever, uh, cause less competent in that movie. Um, but you know, I, I, I like that character and I just, I hated seeing her her struggle as she did. And I got to say, I'm not a big fan. I think it works well on film, but I'm not a big fan of Black Panther essentially wearing armor. Um, I like Black Panther when he's, you know, wearing a cloth suit and he's, you know, being a super guy and and, and he's not leaning on uh, so much technology to get the job done it's because he's so awesome as black panther that he's getting the job done yeah uh, i uh, i have a pet peeve of the uniforms that are basically nanotech that just cover right. you yeah i don't like that as a storytelling beat it, to me it feels lazy mm-hmm. from the standpoint of you don't want to have your character you don't want to write your character changing into costume so you just give them nanotech so they can be in costume whenever you want well, you know, there yeah. are times where I feel like, you know, Black Panther's just, you know, Black Tony Stark, right? I mean, there there are some to- there are times where it's like, yeah, he's a little too Iron Manny in this in in this. I I want to see him. I want to see him more like Spider Man, right? Where you know, not Spider Man with the Tony Stark armor, but Spider Man, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I want to see with Black Panther because you know he's imbued with these powers and abilities. Uh, from his ancestors and the Panther God, let's let him lean on that versus the high tech. And he's got some high tech stuff, you know, like his, his vibranium claws, etc. But he doesn't need to, you know, be all, you know, technical and armored like Tony Stark. Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man was such a strong start. Mm-hmm. And this just doesn't live up to that. Yeah, I, sure is, I want to, you know, because I uh, let me. I didn't dislike the book. I think it's a good book. I think it's well drawn. I think it's well written. I think it's there's nothing wrong about the book other than the fact that it's the same. Well, I do feel like they buried the most awesome part, right? The the most yeah. awesome part, to your point, Paul, was the connection between, you know, Kanshu and Ra and then Wakanda. Um, yeah, I feel bad leaving the book thinking, wow, 
I can't wait to see Moon Knight. <laughs> you know, right. I'm reading a Black Panther, right. but I'm like, shit, I cannot wait to see what they do with Ultimate Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was. And I think the problem is, is that so much of this book felt like retread from a story that did it better in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, because it's very similar to the between the, oh, the I mean, story they, beats from Civil War and the first exactly Black Panther. they kill his dad al- almost exactly the way yeah. they kill his dad in the MCU, and I'm just like you know we've all seen Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. need this story. Well, and the only heroic character in the entire book is Killmonger. Yeah. And I like that. I mean, that that aspect I did kind of like. Like, okay, I, what are we doing I with really Killmonger like, here? Yeah, I really like this Killmonger. I'm giving it a second issue strictly because of how much I love the Killmonger. Mm-hmm. And Killmonger I want to see what they're going to do with the story. You know, I think that's Killmonger's with Storm in this book um, from the X-Men mm-hmm. is kind of the impression I got. So I guess we'll see. So anyhow, uh, I, I don't think it was a it was a great book. It's you know good enough for me to pick up issue two. Yeah. Um, but I, I was not as jazzed about this book as I have been about the other Ultimate books. Before we wrap up for the day, you know, speaking of these Ultimate books, I had sent out um, or I, to, in the funny books chat, but to share with the rest of you, um, you know, Jonathan Hickman, kind of the architect of this current Ultimate Universe, is apparently doing a, a one shot about the it's kind of like the final fate of Doctor Doom um, written by Jonathan Hickman that is due to come out. I don't know that it has a oh in May. Marvel announced it this week. I'm pretty psyched about that book. Like Jonathan Hickman's take on on the final days of Doctor Doom. I, I, I'm very curious to see how it plays into kind of what he wrote, you know, in the previous Avengers books and Secret Wars and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not an Ultimates book. It's a it's a it's, yeah, it's just a regular yeah, MCU book, yeah. I think. Yeah, a six one six. Yeah, but yeah. you know, obviously he, Doctor Doom was such a key player. Clearly, you know, Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars you know, with, with Dr. Doom. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that book. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be picking it up. You know me, I loves me some Dr. Doom, but Hey Paul, so, oh, go ahead. So, you know what I'm suddenly excited about hmm. seeing what Super Bowl trailers come out because, uh, I had no idea the Super Bowl was this weekend until you said the Deadpool three trailer was coming out Sunday for it. Yeah. There's actually, uh, quite a few, uh, Super Bowl, you know, it's so th- obviously, uh, I think a 30 second ad slot, during uh, the Super Bowl is as much as some movies cost to make. Um, so you, I think we'll get 30 second ad, but they'll say for the full trailer, go online. Um, but we will get our first looks at Deadpool three. Um, we will get our first look at Twisters, the sequel to Twister. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, we'll get trailers for things like uh, The Fall Guy and Kung Fu Panda 4 um, but I, we'll also get a new look at Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes as well tomorrow so um, I, there, there's a couple of good you know obviously not we already talked about how there's not a lot of Marvel or, or DC movie or any Marvel or DC movie releases this year but I think um, you know we'll get some look at some nice genre entertainment tomorrow should be fun but hey Paul yes sir what's coming out next week well, next week in comic shops, we have, uh, you know, the second issue of the Joker year one, which apparently I'll be the only one reading. The lone, lone Ranger there, Paul. <laughs> but also from DC Comics, we'll have the latest issues of Batman and Robin and the first issue of Sinister Sons, um, which is Pete Tomasi writing. You know, Pete Tomasi, the guy who wrote the Super Sons book that we love so much. Um, writing the story of the sons of General Zod and Sinestro. 
Um, so I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that. I yeah, think that'll be fun. I'm too. I think it'll be a fun book. Yep. Um, and we have the latest issue of Transformers from Skybound and Image Comics. And from Marvel Comics, even though I'm the only one reading it, we have the the big final fight of Gang War uh, next week. That's the the crossover that's taking place in Amazing Spider-Man and Daredevil and, uh, you know, the street-level heroes. And I've been really loving on that book um, for these last few months. So I'm looking forward to that. Very good. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books, what you're looking forward to, what uh, you enjoyed from the Super Bowl trailers. Uh, give us a shout at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. And if we use your comment on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and X. All right. Well, I'm super excited about the uh, sports ball match tomorrow, Paul. I am uh, I, I am all ready. Go sports. Go Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, we'll catch right, you so next time. So we're rooting for the Native Americans. That's great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> great. <laughs> Always a good thing to do that. That's right. That's right. They need good the support. That's yes. Right. <laughs> all right, folks, have a good one. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.